everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. I'm really excited to be here for the second part of our look at the movies uh, for winter uh, 2019 and then into 2020. So this is November, December, January, but now this is part two because it just was so long. And, uh, so, and I'm, I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and I'm here again with my friend David Healy. Yes, I'm still here, ready to talk about more movies. <laughs> uh, so, Uncut Gems, you saw. I did. Um, Uncut Gems, another one, didn't have high expectations going into. And watching it, I'll be honest, it is probably the most stressful um, movie experience I've, I've ever had. Um, and I didn't have any warning about that. I didn't know that that would be the thing I'm hearing all the critics say. But there was even a part, like a third of the way into the movie, where something could either go right or go wrong. And I was, I told myself, if this goes wrong, I'm tempted to just walk out of the theater right now because I don't, I don't want to do this to myself. Mm-hmm. Luckily, in this instance, things worked out. Um, so I kept watching, but man, I was so tense. And at first, I thought that was a bad thing, but. It really, like, the more I reflect on it, I really like this film. I, th- mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job. Like, especially, like, you, you don't think of Adam Sandler in these series. Wait, here's the question I have for often. you. Is it good because he usually makes terrible movies, or is it legitimately <laughs> good? You know what I'm saying? No, I, I think it's legitimate, legitimately good. In fact, when I left this, I was like, this kind of reminded me of a movie from 2018 that I really like. And then come to find out it's by the same directors that made that movie. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's, but it, it reminded me a lot of Good Time. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Mm-mm, never did. Um, yeah, it was one of my favorite movies of 2018 and it's really stuck or maybe, was that 2017 maybe? I don't know. <laughs> but um, that's a movie I've been wanting to revisit. So um I don't know. I think the Safdie brothers are really um, a, a, a pair of directors to look out for. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do next. And I actually would like to to watch this movie again, knowing when, when everything's going to work out and when it's not. That way my blood pressure could be down and I could just really enjoy what's happening to this pretty terrible person. I mean, mm. the lead character is not a likable person, but you still root for him to do well and to succeed even though he keeps making horrible choices um i don't know i think it's i think it's a great film it should have been nominated for at least something at the oscars so mm-hmm. um okay yeah uh, i put this at 31 okay good and i could bump it higher mm-hmm. all right so then we have bombshell this is the movie based on Gretchen Carlson's story about sexual harassment at Fox News, and you have uh, you have Nicole Kidman playing Gretchen. You have uh, you have Charlize Theron playing Megyn Kelly, and then you have Margot Robbie playing a mixture of people. And I thought this movie was was pretty good. Uh, I mean, I think it's important to tell everybody's story, not just you know liberal perspective to tell all of the if me too is going to work you have to tell all the stories and so i appreciated that and i have to say like the the people they got for all the smaller roles just were spot on i mean Mm -hmm. 
it was really impressive. I'm like, that yeah. looks like Sean Hannity. That looks exactly like Bill O'Reilly. I'm like, mm-hmm. how did they do that? It was very impressive. And then, of course, you have the makeup of the three women. Uh, particularly, obviously, Charlize Theron looks so much like Megyn Kelly. It's right. uncanny. It, it's amazing. And uh, and so, you know, I I think that I think that the script could have been better. Uh, uh, that it could have been a little bit more um it gets a little cheesy at times and i don't know i felt like i didn't really love the margot robbie character i don't think she deserved the nomination she's a good actress but i don't know i just felt like i wanted more a little more depth mm-hmm. uh from her and in particular uh and try to understand their choices a little bit more and I'm sure that they were curtailed by, you know, various non-disclosure agreements and things like that, that they had to be careful about what they did. Right. But I just felt like it could have dove a little <laughs> deeper uh, into these women. And, uh, and, but, and part of it, it felt like a TV movie a little bit to me. Uh, and I love TV movies, so that's not necessarily critique, but there was something felt like they could have made it a little more cinematic uh aside from the makeup that was the most cinematic part of it uh but um but anyway i still liked it overall i gave it a 53 okay but you ranked it you ranked it at 53 yeah oh yeah i ranked it at 53 okay yeah i did see this um so going into this i was a little bit nervous first of all i'm i'll say i'm not a i'm not really a a fan of fox news the network Mm -hmm. but i still didn't want to see a movie that was just going to be a hit job on right. everything Fox News, kind of like how Vice was. I didn't want to see that again. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a poor choice for Vice, and I wanted to see something that was fair. Right. And I actually do think this was a pretty fair film. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was targeting all conservatives, everybody involved with Fox News. In fact, um, even Roger Ailes, mm-hmm. I think... I think they gave him more of a of a positive perspective than I would have guessed, mm-hmm. which is like very shocking to say, but they didn't make him seem like a terrible monster throughout. Um, so I appreciated that. I thought the acting was strong. Um, I did have a hard time getting past how Charlize Theron was speaking the way she was trying to really uh imitate megan kelly's speaking patterns was Mm -hmm. a little distracting um but i don't have a lot of grievances with this film so i put this at 38 Mm -hmm. yeah i can see that uh yeah it's it's an interesting one (laughs) okay then we had togo this was on disney plus and i you know i didn't know what to expect and i ended up loving this movie i I thought that it was so well done. There's particularly these two sequences when they uh, they cross this uh, pretty thin uh, uh, sheet of ice over this lake, and I was very tense at both of those sequences. Uh, it was very uh, I don't know. It was just very well done. I thought this, especially for a kind of a TV level type movie, is what I was expecting. You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely what Noel was the previous release uh and for so the for that level i thought the special effects were really impressive 
and uh, I just was totally engaged and I thought William Defoe was great and uh, I it was just it, it felt like a throwback to the uh, Disney films of the 90s like White Fang and and uh and iron will and those kind of live action films which they really stopped making for a long time like uh we haven't gotten the smaller disney live action releases uh yeah, since the last one i can even think of was the queen of cotway which was 2016 and uh everything that we've gotten in live action since then has been uh has been uh remakes basically and so it really was fun for me uh, to see this and I'm really excited about that potential with Disney plus to be able to uh, get more movies like this uh, so I I really enjoyed it I have it at 43 yeah I never saw this but I, I thought it looked pretty interesting yeah, so you may check good. this out sometime too it was good I, I recommend it uh, so then we saw cats <laughs> what, <laughs> so what did you think of cats yeah um cats cats is not something that i'm familiar with the story i've never seen the musical i don't know most of of the songs from it other than memory uh -huh. um and i i didn't see this for about a week or so after it came out so i was hearing just people trash on it left and right right so when i saw it it wasn't as bad as i expected mm -hmm. um it wasn't it wasn't particularly good by any means but um i didn't hate it i thought some of the acting was pretty strong jennifer hudson was good mm -hmm. i was surprisingly impressed by jason derulo um but yeah it's just not something that's gonna stick with me um something i'll never revisit so yeah Ugh. like i i did go fresh on it believe it or not barely <laughs> it was right on the edge i uh i i I thought that it was creative. I thought it was something new. I appreciated mm -hmm. that. I liked the songs for the most part. The dancing was good. Uh, and uh, I certainly did not think it was the dumpster fire that people made it out to be, right. for sure. Uh, I, I I did think that I hated the whole Rebel Wilson cat sequence <laughs> that in the cockroaches. Uh, I didn't like that. But overall, I thought it was just something kind of quirky and fun and uh and uh, it was a little boring at times for, for me uh, surprisingly uh there were times where i was like okay let's move it along um but i don't know i have it at 113. okay yeah i think what another thing about it that i didn't expect was that the whole at least the first two-thirds of the movie we're just meeting a new character each time and yeah usually we get introduced to our characters pretty quickly in movies but it just felt like a big build up to not really have a plot at the end so yeah. no that's true and that is true to the play yeah and that's um, probably more of a grievance to the play than yeah. the movie itself and also so when we went to see this we were at the screening and there were these teenage boys that were being so irritating oh, no the whole time like making loud comments about how terrible this was and how like uh you know just awful so annoying i just want to say like don't be that guy that's the worst like yeah. if you're going into a movie expecting to hate it you're gonna hate it and second of all allow at least allow other people in your theater to enjoy it right like, keep your opinions to yourself uh I, that was I was so irritated with that. Yeah, and I think that's probably the case for most people. Most people probably went in this expecting to yeah. hate it. 
So it was just kind of confirmation bias. Um, yeah. yeah, I had this at 107. And there's definitely some reviews that I'm like, okay, I get it. You didn't, you know, you've explained your opinion. But then mm-hmm. other reviews I felt like felt premeditated. Like they had basically written it out in their head what they were going to say, whether it's on YouTube or or on a blog. They and then they and then they went and saw it just so they could say they saw it. Uh, but um, but I don't know. I feel like like you're saying a lot of people didn't even give it a chance. So mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? Um, and then we had Star Wars of the Rise of Skywalker. I actually saw these on the same day. I, I, saw, I saw Star Wars and then I saw Cats <laughs> on the same day. Nice. <laughs> but what did you think of this latest Star Wars? So I think a lot of what I have to say about this latest Star Wars really has to do with how upset I am with the fans and how mm-hmm. they reacted to The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, like I really liked The Last Jedi. I think it's by far the best in this new trilogy of Star Wars mm-hmm. movies. And the Star Wars fanboys were so butthurt that their predictions, they had, oh, I predict this about Ray, this about so-and-so. They were so butthurt that their predictions weren't what came from The Last Jedi. I guess they wanted to write the movie itself. And they were so obnoxious about it. It's a, it was a very well-reviewed movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but these loud, obnoxious Star Wars fans scared Disney, scared the original director of this film, scared everybody out of doing anything creative, anything that, I, I don't know, that had like an ounce of an imagination. It scared them out of doing anything but a safe, project for this third movie mm-hmm. and those people are who are to blame for this being a disappointing film i don't hate it i thought it was mostly like serviceable um but it could have been so much more i put this at 55 for the year mm-hmm. okay so this movie i i think it was really messy and they were trying to tell way too many stories and way too many characters and all of the new characters were completely unnecessary like why did we need carrie russell's character that was not needed and there was a ton of fan service like we didn't need lando back like it was fun but we didn't need it it didn't really do anything for the story Uh, i did love what they did with carrie fisher i thought that was classy i thought it totally worked for me Hmm. i did i did i really liked it i i i i thought that bringing back the emperor mm, i don't know it was okay i guess uh, i really loved the whole moment when uh they they the pose in the ship and he pulls up and he realizes there's that whole the whole squadron or whatever of people to support them is there that was really a fun moment i thought and uh yeah i wasn't a big fan of last jedi but it didn't ruin my childhood i wasn't a jerk about it um but uh so i liked it better personally than last jedi it was that was not for me um but i i don't know i just i felt like this got back to sort of the spirit of adventure that i like in star wars uh it's kind of the the way that i see the franchise uh is being kind of pulpy and fun uh and this was more that way and i love uh kylo and I was a big Raylo fan. That was the one thing I liked about Last Jedi. 
so I was kind of a fan of that if I get people's complaints about it but I liked it uh and it it did look nice it was it was disappointing but the whole trilogy honestly has been pretty disappointing <laughs> and <laughs> I have it at 71 just because I I do like Star Wars right but I don't know the whole uh, ever since Force Awakens I've been kind of disappointed and I realized after I saw this movie, I'm like, you know what? Star Wars isn't maybe as good as I thought. It's <laughs> like when I look back, I'm like, I love those three. And then pretty much almost, and then I loved Force Awakens. But most of Star Wars has been disappointing in my life. Like, yeah. am I really a fan of this franchise? Like I thought I was when, uh, when what? Like seven, eight of the movies I haven't liked? I mean... <laughs> That's not a good, good track record. Uh, mm. So I don't know. It it is what it is. I guess I have it at seventy one. Okay, no, I see where you're coming from. I mean, it seems like we definitely disagree a lot on this trilogy, especially I guess the Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, and I guess like, I I don't know what they could have done better with Carrie Fisher, but I personally did not like what they did with her. It reminded me of. Sometimes when like an animal like gets old and it's about to die, it just like silently walks off to a corner, lays down and dies. And I felt like that's what they did with her character. I'm like, it, she didn't talk to anybody. She didn't say a word. And somehow other people knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And it just made her seem like an animal to me. Hmm. Interesting. So I thought it yeah. was a weird choice. Yeah, I mean, they were in a tough spot, but yeah. uh, I was surprised how much they used her. Very surprised. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, for me, it worked. I liked it. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I wasn't, I was not a fan of what happened with Luke in The Last Jedi. That was one of my biggest disagreements because he's the most loyal character in the history of cinema. And him to all of a sudden, with no prequel of any kind, uh, for him to become this person that's throwing lightsabers and it wasn't for me I didn't like that um, and, uh, and so I I don't know I just felt like well at least one of these original characters got kind of a heroic uh, got an ending that moved me and that I liked so I don't know but uh, but maybe I- my expectations were actually pretty uh, I was I was nervous mm-hmm. but I really I like Star Wars when it's just a pulpy fun action adventure movie and that's why i love the first one uh new hope uh has always been my favorite and this i just felt like had some of that spirit of adventure that i liked so yeah that's I, why. I will say there was one character in this movie that i really liked can you guess who it is uh no i okay. don't know <laughs> it's babu babu freak was his name oh yeah so cute <laughs> little yeah, guy I like it too. Hey! yeah <laughs> he cracked me up the whole every time he was in it so yeah i liked him <laughs> so i don't know what they're gonna do i i just yeah. it, it, it the whole the whole trilogy to me i mean all the disney star wars films to me have just been kind of messy and underwhelming um, and I look back on how much hope I had after Force Awakens, and oh, it's, it's just too bad. Well, maybe <laughs> when we get the new movies, maybe you should just have a new hope. Yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I love Star Wars Rebels, though, so at least I have that. Okay. Um, 
And so then 1917, what do you think? 1917 was the movie I was most looking forward to mm-hmm. out of this block of three months. Um, I'm not sure if you remember me talking about how excited I was. Like, I remember saying, oh, the trailer gives me chills every time I see it. And I will say it did not disappoint. Yeah. And it is definitely my favorite movie out of this three-month chunk. Yeah, it was um, really good. I really enjoyed yeah. it, too. I I have it at 15. It was a really hard for me one for me to rank because it doesn't have a huge rewatchability factor for me, but I was very engrossed and very engaged and I was pretty upset after I saw it. Um, it really emotionally worked for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know some people are like, oh, it's just a gimmick, the one shot thing, but it really immersed me in the situation and made me sad. And uh, I, I really thought it was very, very good. Yeah. And that annoys me if people are saying that that's a gimmick because really, I don't think the one shot thing, it it didn't really add anything to the movie. Like it was just this like bonus icing that, that was enjoyable. Like it was, it was something that's a great accomplishment, but the movie stands alone without Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I've been saying like when people ask me my opinions on 2019 movies, there are two movies that I say are like basically perfect films. And this is one of them. Yeah. And the other one, Ooh. you didn't even give a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, oh yeah. Perfect Last film. Black <laughs> Black Man in San Francisco. But um, yeah, I think 1917 is, is pretty flawless. And I really am hoping it takes away Best Picture. Um, you all know. We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> so, um, Okay, so then on Christmas Day, we had Little Women. Uh, So this uh, was by Greta Gerwig. And uh, I feel like she, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, because I feel like she definitely made this kind of assuming that people knew the basic structure of Little Women. Uh, And which I I don't know, I'm I'm fine fine with, I guess, because I have the advantage of I really love Little Women. I'm very protective of this whole property. I hated the versions in 2018 that we got. It was not for me. Um, so this, uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought that uh, particularly what they did with Amy was very creative and it helped you because a lot of times that can feel like a little like the Amy plot, Amy and Lori plot can feel a little like a uh, we got to match her with somebody, you know, and he's not with Joe, so we got to. You got to figure something out and it just doesn't feel that earned um and because she she literally was trolling her fans when she did that because uh, everybody kept writing her these letters saying when are joe and Lori gonna you know get married or whatever and so she was like <laughs> i'm gonna put her with the most unlikely person you could imagine this professor and uh so anyway it sometimes feels a little bit unearned uh, but because they had the structure that they did, you saw Amy with Laurie very early on. And so that felt way more earned than in the other versions. Uh, and, and I thought the casting was pretty good. I think that they could have done more with Beth. I felt like that was kind of glossed over. And that's such an emotional punch, usually. Mm-hmm. But I really liked Emma Watson as Meg. I thought that she did such a good job of kind of... I love that line when it says... Uh, and just because my dreams are different than you than yours doesn't mean they're not important. I loved that, uh, and uh, and so I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I uh, have it at fourteen. Okay, 
Um, yeah, so watching this, I was a little bit confused on what was added to this movie that wasn't in the story mm-hmm. and what was I, I didn't I don't know if I still don't know if the whole movie was actually what's in the book. Um or if there's Yeah, it's pretty much right. It's pretty much accurate. The so she's only, selling it's, it's, a book to a publisher? Like the ending was kind of cute. It was it wasn't yeah, that's added. Okay. But uh but but uh, pretty much everything else it was just jumbled around. But pretty much mm-hmm. everything else is in the book. And can you can you tell me what sets this apart from uh the 90s version? So the the biggest difference the 90s version it's still my favorite. It has mm-hmm. two Amy's. It has little girl Amy and it has grown up Amy, which okay. I think works better than you believing this grown woman is yeah. a child is is ridiculous. Yes. Um but uh so that's a big difference also it's not nonlinear. Um and normally I hate nonlinear storytelling, but I gave it a pass for this one just because I felt like it did so much to help me with the Amy Laurie situation. Uh, so yeah, that's the main differences. Okay. I'll say the nonlinear stuff did not work for me at all mm. um, because I don't know the story and I would get very confused in what timeline we were because mm-hmm. we're making seven year jumps and the characters look exactly the same. Right. And, I get like, that. Yeah. I had to look, I had to memorize. Okay. She has her hair like this in one timeline yeah. and this, a different one. Well, and so, it's weird too because it would have been so easy just to put a little, I don't know, like 1860 or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like just a little typeface, you know, yeah. for different scenes. I don't understand why she didn't do that. Also, in the in the 90s one, Claire Danes plays Beth and she's like devastating. When the Beth scene, when she dies, like it's devastating yeah. and she really brings the cries and brings the fills. And like I said, I felt like they kind of glossed over Beth in this one. So right. that's and she difference. was, she was the one sister who I didn't know or the actress. I didn't know yeah. um, surrounded by all these big names. So like I cared about her the least based on that alone to start with. And also I come to find out that uh, Florence Pugh which she her character was insane in parts like um destroying her sister's book yeah but then i come to find out she's supposed to be 13 she was not 13 yeah no it's true i mean that's the two amy thing works better because you know i mean Mm -hmm. it's also there's one from uh, 1949 with mm-hmm. Elizabeth Taylor playing playing Amy is so ridiculous. She looks absurd. Like she's going to this, she's a grown woman and she's like going to going to school and getting scolded by her teacher. It's <laughs> just like, what is <laughs> happening? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's true. That's a problem with the story because Amy's the youngest and she, uh, she, I don't know. So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough, but yeah. uh, I do think that in fact, in my, my title, my review was two Amy's, two Amy's are better than one, but I just have such an affection for the story uh, that uh, that it's higher up in my rankings, probably uh, because I just 
really love little women right. uh and i i it was done so badly in 2018 i hated it mm-hmm. um so i don't know that's part of it for me but yeah i get it i get the complaints i do yeah and and that's fair like i am not saying this is a bad movie i will say this is not a movie for me i'm not uh-huh. the target audience for this i don't care about this story very much it didn't do much for me so i put this at 104 Mm-hmm. And it's actually my lowest um, ranked of all the Best Picture nominees, mm-hmm. barely edging out The Irishman. They're definitely the two that I don't care for as much um, out of the nine Best Picture nominees. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I, I definitely want to say is I've heard a lot of people um, who are up in arms about the fact that Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated for Best Director mm-hmm. and how it's an all-men Best Director um, line up again and to those people I want to say shouldn't we have a woman be, be nominated for best director when she's actually one of the best directors I think Greta Gerwig has so much potential behind her I don't think this is it this isn't the film I would have given her a nomination for Lady Bird over this um, so I don't I don't want to see like it would be pandering yeah I mean, it'd be patronizing to give it to her just for being a woman when she isn't one of the best of the year. So, yeah, I mean, frankly, I the only in my top uh, in my top 10 of the year, the only female director that I have, unless uh, you count Jennifer Lee being she's more producer in frozen two but um but blinded by the light by grinda chata was one of my Mm -hmm. favorites and uh so i mean i i basically i do agree i i i personally i wasn't i kind of have the same thing with you with you about joker that i i see why people like it it's just not it's not for me Mm -hmm. uh and uh i i don't know so uh i I I certainly would have picked Greta Gerwig over that, but over Todd Phillips. But you know, it's just they're so different. It's apples and oranges. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I do agree that we we don't want to give sort of patronizing uh, nominations, and that doesn't help anybody. Um, I I I I could have seen the uh, the farewell getting. Uh, I certainly was shocked that the farewell didn't get nominated yeah. for best supporting actress. Right. I, agree. I thought for sure she would, and she would have been deserved in my opinion, but, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Can we just give it to Sam Mendez already anyway? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was, that was kind of my thought that like, well, let's just give half the rewards, the awards, to parasite and half yeah. the awards to 1917 everybody yes. will be happy yes Boom. win-win <laughs> <laughs> win-win that's what i thought and save us all of these all of this award season yes <laughs> ironically two films that didn't get any nominations in the acting categories yeah that's true <laughs> um okay so then we have spies in disguise and uh you know i was pulling for this movie because i love blue sky and i don't want disney to dump blue sky and i worry they will uh but uh it was okay i didn't love it it was fine i thought that will smith was pretty fun uh and uh, i liked sort of the message of not using violence and uh that was nice uh, for kids i just didn't like the bird stuff which is not for me um uh, but it was decently animated it was if you're looking for 
action fun movie for kids it's serviceable uh, i have it at 74 uh yeah this this movie was just okay for me yeah. i would say it was very slapstick like yeah one of the most slapstick movies i've seen in a while um so if that's not your thing you're probably gonna hate it <laughs> um but yeah I, I my biggest complaint is i don't remember much about it and it's just been a little over a month since i've yeah. seen it so i put this at 92 yeah i don't disagree <laughs> i wish it had been better <laughs> yeah. um okay then the third was the grudge you saw this yeah so um we're jumping into a new year now yeah. so um i have my new rankings now i saw 11 movies from january but i've seen 16 total for the year so far so um the grudge is 16 out of 16 and i'll go ahead and say this is one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life oh my gosh it's really bad yeah and i didn't think it could get worse than the original grudge but it made that look like a masterpiece um if you like horror it's got some decent horror elements as far as visuals go but as far as plot goes it is so meandering and nonsensical and it really feels like a montage of random things happening with no actual story. And it's so hard to describe. Um, it's just terrible. Um, and January has been a pretty bad movie. So, or bad movie month for me. Mm-hmm. So for this to be the worst in this January, which was terrible, that says a lot. So yeah, yeah. awful movie. all right glad i didn't see that one okay then there's like a boss and i did see this and uh, i thought that when they were with their friends there were some pretty funny parts like when they're when they're smoking the joint at the baby's (laughs) room i thought that made me laugh (laughs) uh there were just a couple of funny scenes i thought with the with their friends and i love the one lady who's on american housewife uh who's super catty and stuff like she the with she was the the mom i think anyway she was really funny so i i enjoyed that part of them and i did feel like they had pretty good chemistry as friends mm-hmm. but i thought anything with the Selma Hyde character was super cringeworthy and not funny and the whole you could tell this was written by men because the whole sort of why is it in movies like this that they always have them in the cosmetics industry like i feel like that's the only way hollywood thinks that women make businesses and successful businesses <laughs> um you know like you think of uh the i feel pretty yes. or you know just tons of these movies and uh I, jennifer coolidge is hilarious I, I didn't hate it like some people did but it didn't go fresh on it uh right now because of sundance i've seen uh 32 movies uh in 2020 and i have it at 24 okay um yeah so it's funny you brought up i feel pretty because um it kind of reminded me of like of that especially like the end part where they kind of take over the yeah which was the weakest part of that movie yeah yeah so it already feels like this movie is just out of date you know yeah like this feels like something that would have worked better probably in 2017 and it doesn't feel very fresh right now um with that said i still laughed um at parts 
I did laugh at Selma Hayek's character. I I actually thought she was one of the better parts of the movie. So um, I guess we disagree there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually very impressed with her in comedies because she was she was my favorite part of uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard as well. Oh yeah, I didn't even um, see that. Yeah, she is, which I think is getting a sequel this year called yeah. Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, which is her character. So, um, but I don't know. Most, she was just too over the top for me. That, yeah, yeah, but I, I guess I like seeing that from her because mm-hmm. that's not what I generally associate her as being. Mm. So it's kind of funny to see her branch out and and do this like very different character for for herself. Like if this was on, this is one of those movies that honestly, if it was on like cable and I was just <laughs> watching it, it would be okay. Like I'd <laughs> joke a little, I'd laugh a little bit and it would be fine. But if I'm telling people go see it, you know, go spend $20, which tickets practically are. No, it's not. Um, it's not. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I still like it way better than most of the movies I've seen in January. I put this at seven for the mm-hmm. year so far. Um, it's yeah. still not, not a great film. So you saw one called Three Christ? I did. So um, this is a film with Richard Gere. He's a psychologist. This is based on a true story um, where he, he finds that there's three different uh, patients who believe that they are the Messiah or Jesus. And so he decides to put together this experiment where he brings all three of them together and has sessions with them as a group and see how they interact with each other, see if they like submit to one of them being the Christ and and, and if they can actually like um, break away from their delusions that they have. Um, I thought it was a pretty interesting concept. So I was looking forward to watching this. Um, but it was pretty disappointing for me. Um, mm. I don't think it really went anywhere. Um, there were certain things about it that were predictable. Um, in fact, there's a, a pretty big moment that I was able to call pretty early into the movie. Um, but yeah, it just, it kind of bored me. Um, and I watched it at home, which may have been part of the problem. But yeah, I have this at 13 out of 16. Mm, okay. Uh, so then we had Underwater. And uh, so this one, I I liked some things about it. I thought the production design was pretty cool. Some of the set pieces were good. And uh, yeah, but I it was very derivative. I felt like I'd seen it kind of all before. So it made it feel a little boring mm-hmm. for me. And I, I did kind of cringe at how they managed to get get Kristen Stewart's character in her bra and panties for long yeah. scenes you know it was just like ugh, I don't know that was kind of grown worthy to me mm-hmm. um and it's again if you're watching cable and it comes on you'll be like moderately entertained but I couldn't recommend the film I don't think it's horrible but I have it at 22. Yeah um I kind of feel the same way I don't think it's horrible there's some pretty good visual effects. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it, it's hard to get invested into these characters. Um, another one where uh, some of the deaths are pretty predictable. Yeah. Um, and some of the deaths fall into like negative tropes about movies that I wouldn't recommend, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, well, and 
and some of the editing felt choppy to me like she yeah. all of a sudden she'd be fighting this animal the sea animal and then like i just felt like all of a sudden she's inside the ship again i'm like what happened mm. where did that <laughs> i missed something and uh, so yeah and then like one minute the, the the fish creature the octopus creature whatever would be attacking them and then all of a sudden it's like docile and just you can see it out the window doing nothing right. so there was some weird stuff that continuity wise as well i thought yeah and from what i've heard this movie was actually kind of sitting on the shelves of the studio for about three years yeah um and i think that may have to do with tj miller being in it and i know there were some issues like during the meet Too movement with tj miller so i don't know that yeah i think it's pretty derivative but it's fine so um i put this at nine okay all right then we had on the 17th weathering with you came out to the main public uh and this was a movie i was very hyped for it's technically 2019 release um because i loved your name so much mm -hmm. and same director and i think that this movie is fine it's enjoyable uh the animation is so beautiful and the music is so great uh that it gets a lot of it, it, it wins a lot of points for me just on that level alone. Um, the story, it has some interesting things. It says some interesting things, but I thought that it wasn't even close to the story of your name. And, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen in my life. So it's tough. You know, it's going to be really tough to compare it to it, but I can't help but compare it to it a little bit. And it did feel like he kind of was uh, returning to the well of the things that people liked in your name as opposed mm -hmm. to really focusing on a story that would work on its own uh and it's definitely my least favorite movie by makoto shinkai uh i like his other movies better um but this was i have it at 51 i gave it three three out of five stars in my rotoscopers review it it's watchable the animation and the ideas and I don't know. It's watchable. It was just, it was disappointing for me because I had such high expectations. Uh, but um, anyway, 51 is where okay. I have it. How would it rank? How would it rank, do you think, if it were with uh, 2020 movies? With 2020 movies, hmm, I probably have it. Uh, we'll talk about my, I do the Sundance recap. I probably have it at three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Three um okay so then uh um uh, then we had doolittle you watch doolittle i did um yeah i don't think this is as terrible as a lot of people are making it out to be but i certainly don't think it's good either mm -hmm. um there seem to be a lot of of poor poor planning on the side of production um yeah and i've heard about that before i saw this movie i don't know how noticeable it would have been if i didn't know about that mm -hmm. going into it um but yeah for the most part my issue with this is that it was just kind of boring yeah and yeah the climax i thought was pretty stupid yeah so i haven't reviewed this on rotten tomatoes because mm -hmm. i went to see it and I was pretty tired, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I was tired 
and I fell asleep for a long time. <laughs> uh, like not just a normal kind of head butting kind of, you know, drowsiness. I, I was out, I was yeah. out. And I, <laughs> when I got back, I was like, Antonio Maderas was in that movie. I was asleep the entire time he was in the movie. <laughs> so that's not good. Um, so I didn't feel like I could with integrity review it right. since I'd been asleep. Um, but it's starting to say something that the movie really bored me. I, I just didn't think, I mean, and I was awake for that bizarre dragon part. Yep. What on earth? Uh, so, and then that, I don't understand why he chose that accent. That was very weird. Yeah. Uh, so I have it at, at 30 but like i said it's not a, i would not post a review on it because i was asleep right that's fair and i i actually fell asleep during this too not for that long like i didn't miss much so um i don't feel bad ranking it um so yeah i put this at number 12 for the year so if you want to pay for a nap then go do a little yes that's what we learned um okay then troop zero so i actually saw this at sundance last year right and so i have it in my 2019 rankings uh and i thought this movie it it, it, to me it seemed like the kind of thing that oh some people are gonna hate because it's very twee and very like like indie cute you know Mm -hmm. uh but I, I thought it, I thought it was cute. I guess it works enough for me. Yeah. Has a lot of talented people involved, and the little girl is cute, and so I have it at seventy three. Okay, yeah, I, I do agree that this is a very sweet movie. Um, it feels very much like movies that we got a lot in the nineties. Yeah, which I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like it's been long enough. We can bring back these kind of like underdog stories i mean i mean you still see those underdog stories but i don't know if you know like are you feeling what i'm feeling about like this feels so much like the 90s type of underdog story like october sky and sandlot and kind of yeah like yeah, that. Or yeah. like uh, little giants yeah i can see like that I'll, it definitely adds some napoleon dynamite vibes to me mm-hmm. also yeah. uh that kind of sort of deadpan kind of indie movie uh but uh, but yeah it was cute enough it's not it's not the best but it was cute enough yes yes it's not the best it's not it's it's cute enough um but i will say it's it was definitely my number one movie of january i have it at number three for Mm -hmm. the year so far Um, the the only one thing i thought was a little bit strange was i felt like they they never really dealt with any uh any racism involving the towards the Viola Davis character mm. like she's just I don't know teaching and like it's that during that time of the year I mean that time of in history yeah definitely would have been more conflict involving her character it's, it's true I showed you we do have to keep in mind this is late 70s I think uh-huh. it's like 77 so I mean, obviously, it's still an issue then. Um, but if I was it had been it was like earlier than that, it was, it was late seventies, huh? Yeah, it was seventy-seven. Oh, okay. So if it had been like sixties or fifties, I'm sure that would have been a, a stronger point to the story. Um, okay, I haven't seen it since last year at Sundance. So yeah, you're a little rusty. You're so. a little rusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but I do see what you're saying. Yeah, this is the only January movie that I have in my top five of the year so far. So that 
should tell everyone. Mm. I think February is off. Yeah, look forward to February. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Color Out of Space, you saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is um, based on a HP Lovecraft story, which mm-hmm. I had, it's funny because I went to see um, Underwater with one of my friends and they said that it seemed kind of like an HP Lovecraft story. And my response was, who? <laughs> so then just a few weeks later, this comes to our theater and I hear it's by, or it's about a HP Lovecraft um, story. So I, I told my friend, I'm like, we have to go see this. And uh, wow, this was a weird movie. Um, so it's, it's about this family and I guess some sort of um, alien object falls onto the farm they're living on. And there's some sort of creature who starts making people see things that aren't there and starts mutating like animals on the farm. And it is so weird. And Nicolas Cage is in it. So, you know, it's going to be bonkers. His acting is over the top, which took a little bit for me to get used to, but by the end it had really won me over. And I was, I was definitely into the horror aspect of it. Um, and they used a lot of practical effects, uh, which I appreciated. They like they had these like monster uh, alpacas that were actually like created instead of just um, CGI. So um, I, I appreciated that. But um, overall, I found this to be pretty enjoyable. Um, so I have this at number six for the year so far. Okay, good. All right, you have a bunch here that you've only seen because I was busy with Sundance. So, uh, The Gentleman. Yes, um, I'll try to go through these quickly. Uh, The Gentleman's a Guy Ritchie film. Um, It definitely feels like it's Guy Ritchie. It's a lot of uh, style. I think it's a little bit style over substance. Um, But there is some interesting characters um, and some interesting action scenes into this. Uh, of course, some humor. So I put this at number eight. Okay, good. And then um, The Turning was the next one on the 24th. Um, and it is a miracle that The Turning is not my lowest ranked movie of January. Um, <laughs> we can thank uh, The Grudge, the Grudge for, for that. <laughs> the Turning was mostly eh, okay, tolerable until the very end when the ending like undid almost the entire movie and it it really didn't offer much closure and i think i saw one review that saw said that this is as close to a cinematic like stopping in the middle of a sentence uh-huh. as they've ever seen and that's like the perfect way to describe this the ending like i literally yelled what as soon as the credits started rolling because it felt very incomplete and that ending took away any like decent uh, part of the rest of the film. So this is 15 out of 16 for the year. Okay. Uh, and then going into another horror movie <laughs> for the year was Gretel and Hansel, which I was kind of looking forward to. I thought the trailer looked pretty intriguing. I've always liked this story. Um, but man, this was disappointing too. Visually, it looks stunning. Um, there's a really good mood set with the visuals, the cinematography, the music. 
The acting is fine, but it is so boring. It's this, it's this short story we know about Gretel and Hansel, and they just drag it out an hour and a half. It can't do that successfully. It felt so much longer than it really was. So this was 14 out of 16. So my bottom three movies of the year so far are all terrible horror movies. Mm. And then, yeah, it's rough to be a horror fan sometimes, <laughs> yes, I think. it is. It is. <laughs> the rhythm section, sorry, yes. you saw. Yes, the rhythm section, um, a new Blake Lively kind of revenge movie. Um, and we've seen this so much lately, like these female-led revenge films where yeah. like something happens to a family member, the lead female is just depressed, has dyed her hair black. Um, <laughs> we've seen it so much lately. I don't know why. Um, and it, it, this one didn't really work for me very much. It was tolerable. It was fine. Um, but it was so dreary. It didn't have much life to it. Uh, so I put this at 11 out of 16. Okay, good. All right. So now I'm going to do my little Sundance uh, rapid recap. Uh, and then I think then we ought to do the, um, we, I'll do a, um, we'll do two separate uh, outros and intros uh, because I think we do want to split it in two. If that's okay. Okay. Yep. okay. So here we go. So here's a recap, recap of 26 films I saw at Sundance in 2020. I think it was overall kind of a disappointing festival. I think I just got kind of bad luck in a lot of my choices. Didn't end up being as good as I wanted them to be. Uh, there weren't that many movies, I guess, that I hated, but there were some. Uh, but uh, there were a lot that I was just kind of like, that was good. But I'm not going to have two movies from Sundance in my top 10 like I did last year. So there you go. Uh, but I'm going to go from 1 to 26 and uh, favorite to least favorite. My favorite was a movie called Save Yourselves. Really funny movie about these hipsters that decide to go to this cabin for the weekend. They're going to get off their phones and there's an alien invasion that weekend. And it was really funny and I really enjoyed it. The ending didn't 100% work, but overall it made me laugh a lot and I really liked it. Number two is Dick Johnson is dead. This is a really clever documentary about a woman. She basically is, is about her dad, how she is dealing with his, uh, you know, his growing older and the idea of him eventually someday dying. And it was, it was really emotional. And I cried a lot and it was really good. Um, number three is Palm Springs. This is a pretty clever time loop movie with Kristen Milioti and Andy Samberg uh, that uh, was clever and funny and sweet, a little rom-com. It's fun. Uh, Rebuilding Paradise. This is a documentary by Ron Howard about this town, a paradise that was destroyed, like almost every building uh, by this horrible fire. And the first 20 minutes are super intense. It's all this video of people take leaving the fire. And so you get invested in these people right away. And he, he had Hans Zimmer do the music and that really made a big difference. Definitely recommend it. It'll be on National Geographic, probably on Disney Plus is my guess as well. Uh, so the Truffle Hunters, very funny documentary about these three old men in Italy who are truffle uh, hunters and kind of remind me of Duck Dynasty, but with Italians. <laughs> um, I just, I thought it was good. It was enjoyable. Uh, then there's a movie Iron Bark that I, you, I think uh, will get a lot of play uh, come award season. I wouldn't be surprised at least, but at a Cumberbatch, he loses a ton of weight for the role. He definitely gives it his all. Uh, it's a, he's the citizen who's asked to do this espionage for the government. And uh, it was good. It was a good story. It was interesting. Jesse Buckley plays his wife. 
who I'm in love with her after Wild Rose. Uh, so it's a good movie. Uh, then there's Nine Days, which I think it, it'll be divisive. It, it's definitely very artsy, uh, beautifully beautiful cinematography. It's this idea is there's this sort of way station where this man gets to decide who gets to come down to Earth or not, uh, who's ready, and he has a certain spaces, and he's dealing with the fact that one of his choices committed suicide, and he's really struggling with that. Winston Duke is so good in the movie. It's got a great cast. Uh, it's it's good. It's an artsy movie, but one that uh, isn't annoying in its artsiness, if that makes sense. Uh, so then I have a movie called um, On the Record. Uh, it's about uh, women uh, in uh, the Black community and their dealings with Me Too and the struggles with the embracing the movement, and particularly these various women who were uh, abused and harassed by Russell Simmons, the R&B mogul. So it was pretty, pretty grim, but good movie. Uh, then there's the movie Tesla, which is really wild and really weird <laughs> uh, with Ethan Hawke uh, about playing Nikola Tesla, but there's like this narrator who breaks the fourth wall and there's all these sort of flights of fancy where they're in these period costumes, but all of a sudden one of the characters will have an iPhone or, uh, and there's this whole scene where he, he sings karaoke to Tears for Fears, but I kind of liked it. I might've had Sundance brain. I don't know. We'll see how it holds up. Uh, then Crip Camp documentary about the disability rights movement. And it's not as much about the camp as I thought it was going to be, but it was still pretty good. Uh, then a movie called Sylvie's Love, which is uh, a very soapy uh, romance, uh, but uh, it's Tessa Thompson and this other guy. And uh, I liked the first half a lot more than the second half, but it was it was fun. Uh, then Charm City Kings, and this tells the story about this uh, uh, this kid whose brother died in in the uh, in this motorcycle gang. And, but he still loves uh, these motorcycles and wants to be in the gang. Uh, it was pretty tragic. The ending didn't, didn't really work for me. It hurt it quite a bit, but still liked it. Uh, then Bad Hair, this is really campy. And I think people that love Sorry to Bother You will like this. I still enjoyed it more than Sorry to Bother You. Uh, but it's very silly. It's very over the top with this weave that kills people. <laughs> mm. um, then Wendy. Um, so I think this movie is beautiful. I think it has lots of interesting ideas. Um, but, uh, it didn't hundred percent work for me. It was hit and miss as far as the, the story and the tone that they were able to get. But overall, I think the good outweighs the negatives and I would still definitely recommend it. Um, some kind of heaven documentary about this place, the villages in Florida where, these retirement community the interesting thing about it is they have all of this stuff in their life to do there's a million activities and yet they still sometimes feel lonely and i thought that was sort of an interesting thing to to analyze uh, it was it was pretty good miss americana this is the taylor swift movie it was serviceable if you want to learn more about taylor swift and want to know more about her music uh it wasn't anything great in my opinion and i thought they made tried to give her way too much credit for uh they tried to compare her to the dixie chicks and i'm like hold on that was at the height of the iraq war and <laughs> they were actual country singers like if anything coming out against trump in 2018 as a pop singer is going to help your career <laughs> not hurt it 
give me a break. Uh, but eh, it's fine. Um, then V Water, it's a documentary about Bruce Lee. It's, uh, it's made by ESPN Films. I like Bruce Lee, so I found it interesting. But it's 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 like a thirty for thirty TV doc, you know. It it it's not cinematic. Um, then the Go Go's uh, documentary about the Go Go's, pretty standard. I wish we'd gotten a little bit more about their personal lives. Um, we really don't learn much about who they are as people. It's just about the band, and it's pretty standard, but entertaining enough. Uh, then there's Downhill. Uh, so I haven't seen the original French film, which I've heard is hilarious. This is one of those movies that thinks people fighting a lot is inherently funny, which it's not. Um, and I don't know. It was just kind of unpleasant. I didn't really enjoy it, uh, despite the efforts of the cast. Um, then Us Kids, you feel like a terrible person not liking this movie because it's about the Parkland kids. But it wasn't about the Parkland kids. I didn't get to know them at all. I didn't know anything about them. Everything in the movie is all stuff I already knew. And so I didn't think it was a very good documentary. So that's where it is. Then Spaceship Earth, which I was really excited about because it's about this um, biodome thing in the 90s. I thought it was going to be really cool. It was so boring. Ugh, they told it would just like, it was like going to a lecture. It was so dull. Um, and then Worth, that's with Michael Keaton, great cast, Stanley Tucci. But I just didn't think the story was very interesting. And I felt like I didn't, this story didn't need to be told. I, even though it's well done. Then there's Four Good Days. This stars Glenn Close and Mila Kunis. It starts out really strong. Uh, Mila Kunis is a drug addict and, and Glenn Close is her mother. But the ending went totally off the rails. I didn't buy for a second the choices that her character made. It wasn't great. Uh, then we have the Glorias. And this is about Gloria Steinem. And it jumps back to all these different times of her life. It tries to cover way too much. It just becomes kind of, they have this didn't like the narrative structure i didn't like that i mean it literally covers every detail about her life from as a little girl and then you have the structure of she's on this bus on this road trip with the various versions of herself and they're kind of making commentaries all the way through and i it has some good acting but i thought it was kind of a i thought it was kind of terrible i didn't like it um, and then last, now, then we have a Kajillionaire, which I guess this Miranda July is like, it's Sundance Darling, the director, but I hated this movie. I thought it was so repetitive that she could play in the same jokes over and over again. I didn't like any of the characters, thought they were terrible. They had a few laughs, but then they beat those laughs into the ground. So I'm, I'm, I broke the, uh, 100%. I'm in the minority. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was so insufferable and annoying and trying to be napoleon dynamite and failing really bad um and then last is horse girl which i hated i thought it was pseudo sci sci-fi garbage it's trying to say something about mental health and it fails spectacularly it turns her like i hate it in movies when they take somebody that's uh, that has a severe mental illness and it's like oh you're quirky special thing that only you have and i ugh, i hated it so much it was painful to get through <laughs> Um, so there you go. That is my Sundance movies that I saw. <laughs> and I've already seen Horse Girl, so uh, yeah. <laughs> it could be my number one. Oh, no. <laughs> Who knows? I guess knows? we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> so there you go. That was Sundance 2020. So we did it. We Yay. made it through. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much for coming and doing this. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk about these films 
And uh, so where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am the David Healy. And you can also find both of us on Facebook in a group called Film Freaks. It's facebook.com slash Film Freaks group. Great. You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes to so check that out. And you can find all of my reviews for every single film that I watched at Sundance on my uh, blog at rachelsreviews.net. So check that out as well. And uh, yeah, and, and if you're listening on iTunes, if you could give us your ratings and reviews, we really appreciate it. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We sure appreciate that as well. We have our patron group, which is really fun. Uh, so check that out. We do giveaways and exclusive content. And then also we have our merch store, which has an animation junkie and smile and frown worthy shirts. So check that out. And uh, thanks again, David. I really appreciate it. We'll talk again <laughs> Thank soon. You.